live your worth. Don't prove your worth. You have nothing to prove Mm. on the trail. You have nothing to prove in running. You are already worthy. Just live your worth. You have nothing to prove. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Run the Riot podcast. I'm so glad you're listening to the pod. Is that what we're supposed to say now? The pod instead of the podcast? Yeah. Thanks for listening to the pod. (laughs) Anyway, his guest is Russell Benaroya. Like many of us, Russell wears a lot of hats. He's a husband, a father, an ultra runner, a serial entrepreneur, a former investment banker, a venture capitalist, investor, and all kind of stuff. And um, he just recently finished the Cascade, Cascade Crest 100 miler. And uh, man, we had a great conversation about the hows and whys that we do what we do. And you know, we just talked about ultra running. It was really good. And um, we also talked, uh, he shared about what he just wrote a book and uh, he shared about what led him to write his new book, One Life to Lead. Uh, It deals with leading yourself and, um, you know, just being intentional about being the architect of your own life. And I plan on reading it. Um, And we don't talk about it during the podcast, but for anybody that decides that wants to read his book, um, there's going to be a link in the show notes for a, a workbook companion that goes with his book and it has a code where you can get the workbook for free. So, you can't beat free, man. That's pretty awesome. And I uh, just want to thank Russell for providing that for our listeners. So just go to the show notes for that uh, on the Run the Riot webpage. Before we get started, I want to mention a few uh, sponsors and friends of the podcast. And the first is the Full Moon 25K, 50K, and now the 50 Miler out in Perryville, Arkansas. It's going to be July 16th and 17th next year, but you can sign up now because if you sign up now, if you go to fullmoon50k.com, you sign up now, you got a code and you get 10% off from the podcast and that code is RTR2021 get 10% off so check that out go to fullmoon50k.com and this race is a great race you've heard me talk about it uh, people in Arkansas, this is just a race you do. Uh, it's a night race. It's awesome. And uh, proceeds of the race go to uh, Arkansas Ultra Running Cross Country Fund and the Logan Wilcoxon Memorial Fund. And so uh, the, the, the Arkansas Ultra Running Cross Country Fund help buy uh, gear and equipment for cross country teams in around Arkansas, uh, you know, where they uh, in areas where they just don't have a lot of money to buy those things. And uh, they have a large concentration of low income students. And the Logan Wilcoxon Memorial Fund benefits the Arkansas chapter of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Uh, Together, we can end the stigma and end suicide. So, man, look, great race. And it goes to provide for great causes. So check that out. We're also brought to you by Exo skin great products made in the usa they keep you from chafing and like i say man you run 100 miles and the sharks don't smell pretty awesome uh great uh, awesome technology made in the usa like i said and um you know these guys are always innovating and doing some things i love the exo toes and particularly in the calf sleeves and they also have arm sleeve shorts tight shirts uh the new exo underwear liners uh I haven't got those yet. I need to get a pair um, and try them out. But I heard they're great, you know, keep you from chafing. And um, yeah, so go to www.exoskin.us and use the code RUNTHERIOT, all one word, for a discount. And the, the good thing about it is you, you uh, if you don't, if you buy something and you don't like it, you got 30 days, send it back, money back guarantee. So yeah, give it a shot. And we're also brought to you by the Outlaw Race Series. 
Um, you got to check it out, man. All great races put on by great people. Um, just a good time out on the trails. There's the Flat Rock Triple Crown in Independence, Kansas. The Lake McMurtry Run in Stillwater. Flower Moon in Paul Huska. Dark and Dirty in Wilburton. The Thunderbird in Norman. And the Outlaw 100 that's got the 135, 150 mile marathon, half marathon, and 5K. All great trail runs go to www.outlaw100.com. And last but not least, check out my friends at Runner's World Tulsa. You can go to www.runnersworldtulsa.com. Or if you're in the area, stop by. Kathy and Barbara will help you out and get you what you need. They've got everything. Yeah, you know, it's it's a great time to be running. They've got they've got all the things. They've got all the things. Just get over there. Uh, you need help finding something. If they don't have it, they can find it for you. Um, so check out Runner's World Tulsa. Tulsa. All right. I, I think that's it. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, and uh, man, I just hope you're being blessed. I hope you're I hope you're running right now while you're listening to this podcast. I hope I hope you're ready to get fed. Hope you're ready to 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 grow. Hope you're ready to be challenged. Hope you're ready to learn some stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, Russell Benaroya. Russell, how's it going, man? Hey, David, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Oh man, thanks for thanks for being on the show, man. You've got a lot going on in your life, and uh, looking forward to talking about it, man. Uh, well, you've you've had a lot of great guests on, and I, I'm just uh, pleased to be be in the mix. Yeah, man. So you're you're over there on the West Coast, right? Yeah, I am in Seattle, born born and raised. All right. All right. So are you uh, born and raised? So tell me what it, I've, I've just went to Seattle for the first time uh, when I DNF the Bigfoot 200 and I hadn't, I had never been to Seattle before then is this a beautiful area out there, man. Oh, so, so beautiful. The, the foothills of the Cascade mountains are just outside of Seattle. So it's really a gift uh, that we probably take for granted how close we are to getting in some great, great trail access. It's just a beautiful area and so much adventure. Oh man, I, I'm I'm jealous because I mean <laughs> I'm from Louisiana and I live in Oklahoma, and so it's hard to tr- to, to get some vert, man. <laughs> find your hills, hard to find your hills. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, man, uh, so tell me about um, you know we got to get into ultra running, but I want to hear your background, man, and uh, tell me about, you know, you growing up and were you, were you, did you run as a kid? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll try, I'll try to do this so that it's not so linear as if to like tune, tune people out and be, be a little bit boring, but yeah, born, born and raised in, in Seattle. I went to school in California. Um, and then I just got on the train of, of corporate activity. So I moved to New York and I, I worked in investment banking for a couple of years. And then I, moved to Los Angeles and worked in, in venture capital. And in two th- and, and then I went to business school at UCLA. And in 2004, uh, I took a leap and started a company with a friend of mine. We started a healthcare company called REM Medical. We operated sleep clinics. We know the importance of sleep, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. We operated sleep clinics to diagnose and treat sleep disorders. And that entrepreneurial leap, interestingly enough, uh, coincided with the beginning of my exploration into ultra 
running. I had always been a, a, a runner, like a recreational runner, and I had yeah. run a couple of marathons. But the the challenge of entrepreneurship and the endurance required in entrepreneurship and the pressure of it really drove me toward finding solace in trail running. And that's how I kind of sparked my interest there. Oh man. Okay. So, so you were always a runner, you did some marathons and stuff like that. And, um, and so what was your, it's kind of interesting because I don't know, a lot of people, uh, they're, they're running and they, it's kind of the other way around their, their ultra running kind of inspires them to, to realize they can do hard things, but you were doing hard things and, and it inspired you to go do some different hard things. Right. I mean, it sounds, sounds different. Yeah. I, I, had, I, had, I put my toe in the water with some local trail races here in the Seattle area. And I was trying to close a deal business deal with a, with a large health insurance company. And interestingly enough, the CFO of the largest health insurance company in Washington and I were having a meeting and we sat down to have a meeting and I'm, you know, I'm starting to talk business. And he said, Oh, I heard you're, uh, I heard you're into trail running. And I was like, I mean, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm kind of trying, I'm in the game. So he proceeds to pull up my results uh, on, on his computer while we're like in this business meeting. And he looks at my results and, you know, they're not bad. I'm not winning the race, but they're not bad. And he's like, yeah. oh, like, these are pretty, like, respectable. Hey, well, let, let me know if you ever want to go running sometime. This was, like, 12 years ago. Um, he He's done the Hard Rock two times. He's done um, – he hasn't done Western States. But what's the race out in Hawaii? The Hurt. He's oh, the Hurt, hurt. yeah. Like, he's, he's just, like, the guy is a beast. Long story short, he took me under his wing – and over the course of several years, helped me see what is possible mm. uh, on the trail. He's the one that introduced me to the possibility that I could run 50 miles, that I could run 100 miles, all from that first business meeting when I'm trying to close a business deal. And all we do is talk trail running. <laughs> and that, that began a great relationship. Isn't it good? So That's funny. Awesome. What did, did you close the deal? And I closed the okay, deal. Okay, that's good. All right, that's just important. <laughs> that's <laughs> and I closed the deal. Yeah, that's that's cool, fun. man. No, that's that's awesome. So, were was were ultra marathons and stuff on your radar at the time? I mean, you, you knew it was a did you know it was a thing, or you were just kind of you know? Oh, I, I I knew it was a a thing, but I think for so many of us, it's a thing that feels out of reach, or it's a thing that feels like we don't have the time in our lives to prioritize the preparation that's required to achieve it. Yeah. So as a result, we're, we kind of like admire those that do it, but never could see us doing it ourselves until we do it ourselves, and we're like, wait a second, I can do that. Yeah. That's good. I can do hard things, man. <laughs> I can do hard. I can do hard things. When my mind is telling me to stop, I know I've got a lot more mileage possible ahead. I watched one of your YouTube videos, man. And, and you were, you were, uh, you were talking about that while you were on the trail, man, running a, I think a 70 miler. And you were like, this is tough, but I'm, I'm moving. <laughs> oh, I'm so, oh, that's so cool that you watched that. It was the, uh, it was the fat ass. So the fat ass 120 in Canada and, and I, I did the 70 miler and yeah, I just had my phone with me and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm just going to capture this. And it kind of was a pretty authentic representation of the struggle. 
that oh, we yeah. all struggle. We yeah. all go through that struggle. I know that I know that like I was watching you and I was listening to you and I was like, yeah, I know where he, I know where he is. I think you called it the dip at one point. And I was like, yep, yeah. yep. That's that's I know I know where you struggle bus, man. That's you're right there. <laughs> oh, no, that's cool. So true. So so where did you um, so you got he takes you under his wing, man. And so th- this this beast of a guy, if he's doing, you know, hard rock and uh, and, and hurt. Uh, I've, I've hiked those trails uh, in Hawaii and um, yeah, they're, they're nothing nice, man. That's, that's tough. Uh, I don't know if maybe, maybe one day I'll, I'll jump into that one. We'll see. But uh, um, so what was your first uh, foray into, you know, greater than 26.2? What, what was your first uh, ultra marathon? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, got my first, my first ultra was the squawk mountain 50 K that's in proximity to Seattle. 50 okay. K uh, was my first ultra. And then I stepped up to a pretty iconic race in Washington and maybe abroad. It's a well-known 50 miler called the white river 50. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the white river is marketed like this. There are only two Hills. You only have to go up two Hills. It's easy, <laughs> uh, but not uh, it's right outside of Mount Rainier, uh, national park. Okay. And there are two, two hills and yeah. they're very long and they're very big. <laughs> and I, the first time I did it, I suffered from a bit of food poisoning the night before. And I was like, uh, I don't think, I don't know if I can do this, but I just trained my butt off for this. I'm, I'm going for it. So I did survive. It took me about 12 hours. I did it yeah. another time. It took me nine and a half, which is notable for, for me. Cause I'm, like I said, I'm not a, a front of the packer. Um, and then from there, uh, a couple of cool things happened. One, my, the guy who took me under his wing, his name is David, by the way, David Braza. Okay. The guy took me under his wing. He's like, Russell, let's, let's do some self-supported runs. Um, let's not wait for an event. Let's create one ourselves. And what I didn't really realize, David, is the Pacific Crest Trail is like at our doorstep here in Washington. And there is a section of the Pacific Crest Trail called Section J in Washington. It is iconic. It is just a single track, Mm. uh, just, just like unencumbered. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's 74 miles from a ski area called Snoqualmie Pass to a ski area called Stevens Pass. And we, that was my first self-supported adventure. Uh, It took about 24 hours. uh, And then that began the snowball of a few organized hundred milers and a few more self-supported adventures. Nice, man. I'm, I'm jealous of just what you've got right there, man. Cause it's so, it's so beautiful and there's, there's just so much there. Um, yeah. And, and so your, your, uh, your white river with the two Hills. Yeah. We would definitely call those mountains in <laughs> here in, uh, in Oklahoma. Um, oh, yeah. so what, um, I mean, I tell, I tell everybody, people who ask what it's like to run ultras, I tell them that, um, there's always a point, you know, if you're running hard, if you're trying to push yourself, there's always a point where it's kind of like, man, this, this is, this is tough, you know, this is hard. And, and there's that question, like, you know, uh, to, to maybe quit or, or what, you know, you hit those lows, you hit those dips as, as you called it. And so, um, 
when you're 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 increasing your distance, you're doing these these long you know self supported things. How did you? I don't know. How did you start to process that? And are are you know? Did you? I don't know. Being the businessman that you are, and the things that you were doing in real life, did you know? Did they that prepare you for it? Uh, I love the uncertainty that comes with ultra distance running. I love mm. the fact that. The the finish is clear, like you know there is a finish. Yes, but you do not know uh, whether or not you're going to get there, and it's kind of this beautiful symphony because in so many other areas of our lives, the game, the finish is elusive. It's not Mm. well defined. Like, what is the finish line in entrepreneurship in building a business? Yeah. Right. What is the finish line in the relationships that you're building with your family? But there's a finish line in the hundred, but there's so many variables, some of which you don't control that may keep you from realizing it. And that's just a cool dynamic that is hard to find in other areas of, of, of life. And so you can play with that. There's a lot of exploration in that, that, uh, that experience. And so for me, uh, most recently I ran the cascade crest hundred at the end yeah. of August, nice. which again is another iconic hundred. Yeah. Um, and I felt fortunate to be able to run it and finish it. For me, the theme in this one was the power of presence, the power of presence. And when things got a little dark, just reminding myself that the only thing that I can control is this moment right now, like be in the moment. Don't worry about how much further I have to go or what has happened to this point. And that's just been a, that was just a real motivator for me this time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I've been, I've been on this kind of uh, exploring, you know, I'm getting, getting a little, older. I mean, you and I are close to, we're close to the same age and, you know, I'm not, these, these young whippersnappers are fast, man. So I'm not as competitive or, or it's getting harder to be competitive, to make the sacrifices for the training and everything else and stuff. And so it's kind of like, I realized that I've run some of the races that I've run. I don't remember a whole lot of the place that I ran, you know, like I, I was there, but I was focused on, um, the, the race and I missed out on the experience, man. And so I I've been, I've been just thinking through that lately while I'm working out and running and stuff. And so like I, I'm, I'm in my future races, uh, I, I want to be more intentional about being present, you know? Yeah, that's hard to do. And I, I agree with you. I, I think, uh, focus requires, uh, eliminating, a lot of distraction, even though distraction may be in like one of the most beautiful places you've ever been, or like the scenery is amazing, but it does require um, staying in the pocket. Yeah. In the pocket. And so you're right. You, you miss a lot of things in order to gain in other areas. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's a, that's a life lesson. That's something right there too, man. Yeah. And I think, and I think like life, you know, different, 
you can run different races for different reasons and, and you're at different phases in life you might run some race to be competitive, but might another one just to go and just be in the mountains and, 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 and love it and experience it, you know? Absolutely. It's all how you, it's all how you define the game that you're going to play that weekend. Yeah. That's so, so, okay. So evidently, you know, you, you're, you're, you're involved in, in business. You got a lot going on and we, we're definitely going to get to talking about, about your book. And, and I want to hear, um, man, a lot, a lot of people that listen, a lot of people in ultra running are into the leadership and, and entrepreneurship. So we definitely need to touch on that, but I want you to, you evidently, uh, I'd imagine you're, do you consider yourself a pretty busy guy? Um, I, I do. I, I don't like that word because, <laughs> okay. because we're all like, yes, like, of course we're all busy, uh, yeah, yeah. but yeah, I, I occupy my time. Okay. Is your, things. is your calendar full? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. All right. All right. Yes. There we go. I, I will not screen share my Google calendar. It is full. Yes. Okay. I understand. I understand. And if it's not, it will be because I'll figure out how to occupy. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I've got space. It needs filling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how do you, with, 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 those things, you know, with all these, you have priorities and we all have mm-hmm. priorities. We have family, we have business, we have uh, relationships. And, and, uh, and, but this is a part of, I mean, this is important to us. I mean, it's important for, I know it's important to me, like you said, to get out stress relief and, and have a goal and have something else tangible. How do you, um, how do you carve out time to go and train for a hundred miler? Cause that takes time. Yeah. I know there are so many schools of thought around the best training regimen to prepare for a hundred miler. And there's, there are training programs that might require me to, in fact, quit my full-time job so that I can prepare to run hundred miles. But for me, Mm -hmm. what has worked in my life is uh, early, early, early morning. Um, I kind of have this idea of, during the week, I want to be home by 6.45 in the morning. And during yeah. on the weekend, on my long runs, I want to be home by 10 a.m., which may require right that I start at, you know, yeah. four, 5 a.m., 4 a.m. And that has allowed me to do this mm-hmm. and also stay married. Yeah. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm, okay. Yeah. All right. Hundred percent. Right. But, but 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 there was a bit of a of a of a flip in my relationship with my wife. Her name is Melissa. Where she she saw how important this was in my life and how much better mm. I am as a human because yeah. I can experience that that outlet that she's quite supportive. So a little tongue in cheek. I just don't, don't like to impose too much. No, I, I, I understand hundred percent. My, my time during the week is six 30. Uh, yeah. I'm back to help get every, the kids ready. And uh, on weekends, I push it a little bit. Sometimes it's yeah. 12, one o'clock, but, um, but other than that, that's, that's, that's the, the things I have to do also. So, um, yeah, it's the window. And I agree, man, I am a, if I'm focused and have a goal and, uh, I'm doing these things, I'm, I'm a better man. And I, I run off the crazy a little bit. So it's, it's, you know, you know, one, one point that, that came to mind for me, as you said, that is, uh, training for an, an ultra also comes with the peril of injury. Like it's, uh, it's easy to get injured. And I'm sure we've all had these bouts of, of injury and they may not be debilitating for long-term, but they may be debilitating for like a month or six weeks where you're trying to 
recover and come back. And it does, and we're getting older, right? And so it does dawn on me like, okay, if it's not running, um, how do I still maintain that same energy and presence and an outlook and positivity and motivation if I weren't ultra running? Like, cause there will be a world, right? When I'm not doing it as much or for whatever reasons, but yeah. still wanting to capture the essence of that feeling. Yeah, it's just on my mind sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I just took uh, a zero mileage week uh, last week for the first time. And I don't know how I forever, cause I was run streaking for a while and just tell me about it. it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was weird, man. But I still, I still kept the discipline. I got up same time every morning. I went to the gym. I, I got on a bike for a little bit and I would just, I would work out and, and, uh, it was, it was interesting. It was just different, you know? Um, and I kind of, I think I kind of needed to do that mentally, um, physically to let some little things clear up, but also mentally to just disconnect for a little bit, you know, try to, okay, I miss it, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. because cool. I, 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 yeah, I, I put in a lot of miles, uh, this last year. And, uh, so it was a weird, uh, disconnect, kind of an experiment, man. Have, have you done anything like that? Yes, I, I, I have usually it's when it's after I've run a hundred when I feel justified taking a week off. So I can't say I have done it for all of the same reasons that you did it or when I'm forced to, to do it. But I really love the idea of just honoring, honoring the break and using it to redirect your energy to another place and then coming back to it. Like, awesome. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's a reminder that, um, I mean, ultra running, it's, it's kind of a part of who we are, but it's not who we are. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'm, yeah. I'm a, I'm a man, um, who, who runs ultras, you know, <laughs> and, it, and it, yeah. There's a great, great saying, um, that I had a coach remind me of once and then re remind me of again and again, which is live your worth. Don't prove your worth. You have nothing to prove mm. on the trail. Yeah. You have nothing to prove in running. You are already worthy, right? You have nothing to prove with your business. Yeah. Just live your yeah. worth. You have nothing to prove. Just be who you are. Yeah. Cause yeah. If, if all we're doing is chasing proof and validation for the approval of others, right. we will always be on a, on a treadmill. Yeah. Well, and I, I like, I like, uh, what do you think about this? Because one of the things I enjoy about running these long distances is it, I am who I am, but it also reveals like a lot of who I am. You know, when you're, when you're, you know, when you get to mile, I don't know, 80, 80, and you got 20 miles left and you're just raw and how you respond to, to people and your mood and your attitude. And, um, it reveals things and some things have been good. Some things have been like, I need to work on this as a, as a man, as a human, you know, um, what do you think about that, man? I could not agree with you more. There's a moment where you, you've taken off all that metaphorical armor that yeah. you equip yourself with in so many parts of your life. And you are just, you are just exposed, right? You yeah. are just raw yeah. and it's an opportunity to, to dig deep and see what you're see what you're capable of both mentally and physically in withstanding the, uh, the duress. And that's the best part. 
Like that's the best part. Yeah. Yeah. And when you overcome, like when you, like in that video I saw of you, when you hit that dip and and you choose, you make a choice right there to to keep moving, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 like I said, you know, I'm not a, I'm not at the front of the packer. And so there'll be these periods where, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not running. I should be, I should be running right now. I yeah. am not running. And then all of a sudden you are running again and you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm coming back, baby. Yeah. And that's so cool. Isn't that crazy how, how you can be like, I mean, just death marching. I mean, I just I, like hating life. And then, and then, and then, an hour later you're running, you're smiling, you're happy. And like, how does that happen? You know, it's like, it's, it's awesome though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sugar, uh, sugar. Coke. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Yeah. Coca-Cola is, is how it happens. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's probably part of it. Yeah. Oh man. Well, um, so what is your, uh, typically what is your training, uh, look like as far as distance? What, what do you peak out at for uh, say a hundred miler for Cascades Crest? What did you, what did you end up doing for that? about 60 miles okay a week for for cascade crest that was that was probably my my peak i was running four days uh during the week with average mileage from about five to 12 miles okay i was getting up into the mountains once during the week and i was um my wife actually bought me a weight vest for my birthday like a 12 pound weight vest yeah and i was going up to the mountains and doing about a five mile round trip, 2,500 feet, uh, uh, climb. And that really helped me a lot. So mm-hmm. I was doing that midweek. And then on the weekends I was, I was doing sort of typical back to backs, but I didn't do the, you know, run a 50 miler race or run a hundred K six or eight weeks in, in advance. I did do a self-supported 50 K, uh, which was pretty, which was pretty tough, Yeah, but I lacked some of the much longer distance training yeah. and that caught me a little bit during Cascade Crest. It caught me on nutrition, mm. which is always my Achilles heel. Yeah. And it also caught me with a bit of, of, of blistering on my feet that I, I probably could have experienced and maybe figured out how to overcome if I had done uh, some longer distances in training, but that's the answer to your question. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, I always love hearing how, how different people train. And one of the, um, I just started to train on time. And, uh, part of the reason is cause I don't have the mountains and stuff to trade on. And so I have to yeah. just run longer and, and, you know, put more yeah. distance in, be fitter. Um, and so, uh, well, so you, you, you do this, these, uh, and we're going to talk, I want to, I have a few more questions around ultra running that we're going to, yeah. we're going to clo- oh, oh, close to talk about ultra all day. Don't, yeah. don't, all no, but before, before we get there, cause I want to close out where I, I have questions. I like a couple questions I like to close out with, but I, I, you know, you're, you're, you're doing these things in business and, um, and tell me a little bit, you've got, this is a big week for you. Um, you've got something that's, that's happening, something that's on Amazon. And so I want to share that because, um, yeah, because it's good. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, tell, tell me, tell me <laughs> about it. Well, th- thank you so much for bringing it up. I um, had a book published this week. So a, a book launch yeah. uh, of a book called one life to lead mm. and one life to lead the the subtitle is business success through better life design. 
And this was about a two year journey of writing and then figuring out how to navigate toward publishing. Okay. And it is a leadership book, but it is not a leadership book on how to lead others. It's really a leadership book on how to lead yourself. It is about how you choose to show up Mm. in the world for the life that you're creating for yourself and the way that you're leading others and how your behavior drives and dictates so much of the outcome that you get, meaning so many of our, of our complaints or issues or problems or challenges are a function of our self-limiting beliefs or that self-imposed cage that we create that keeps us from achieving our dreams. And so the book, A One Life to Lead, is about the steps that you can take to architect a life that is by you versus what many people face, which is a life that's happening to you. Mm. And you are somehow like the victim of your circumstance. I, I, I like that, man. I, when I, when I read the, the, just a little bit about the book it, and it, I mean, it sounds like part of, I mean, part of it's taking, taking ownership, taking responsibility and, and say, okay, this is, I need to make, I need to lead myself. You know, I need to do some things if I, if I want to, uh, if I want to achieve, if I want to be the man that I, I want to be or the person that I want to be leader that I want to be, whatever. Um, no, that's, that's, that's pretty amazing. So, uh, well, real quick, do you, do you, do you, uh, tell some of your ultra stories in it? <laughs> uh, I do bring up, I do bring up ultra running in one of the chapters and the chapter is about harnessing energy from the environment. Like, who you surround yourself with and where you are physically really is a driver of bringing the best of yourself to the situation. Yeah. And I talk about the, the, the energy that I get from being in the mountains by myself on a dark, wet morning with my headlamp on Saturday when it's super quiet and that that fuels me that fills me up that allows me to be the best that i can be uh, and do you have to be an ultra runner to get harness that energy absolutely not right people right. can find it in air, other areas of their life but for me that's what ultra running has done and i think ultra running is very has a lot of parallels to one life to lead because it is by you, right? Mm -hmm. You are yeah. in control mm -hmm. of so many of the factors yeah. that come into play to complete a hundred miles. You're not in control of all of them. Right. And so when some variables come into play that throw you off, mm -hmm. then you have a choice. And the choice is, do you accept it and say, oh, this is an interesting problem. Hmm, how am I going to solve that? Or yeah. do you say, man, I, I, can't, I can't believe this is happening to me. I'm so devastated. I'm out of here, right? Like yeah. that's a choice. Man, you went right where I was going to go. That's great, man. That, that's, that's good. And, and life, man, life throws junk at us, you know, and we, we can't, can't always decide what happens to us, but we can decide how we respond and how we mm -hmm. react. And that's, that's a lesson that we, I don't know, we learn those 
skills and we can fine tune those skills in running long distances. Um, so, so this, this book, I mean, it, it just released. So, I mean, it's, it's fresh out there. And so who, who, what's, when you wrote this book, I know one of the things is, you know, you envision on who, who, uh, who's, who the reader is. And so when you were writing the book, who are you envisioning? Who are you thinking? What type of person? Cause listening to this are people from all across, you know, the, the, the board that run ultras, you know, like us. Um, so, so who did you envision? This is a great book for anyone who is in transition. Anybody who is thinking about making a step function shift Mm. in their life. So they may be looking at their current circumstance and their current job or their current role and wondering, huh, is this the vehicle? Is this the path? Is this the place where I am going to achieve my highest and best use? And we happen to be in this super unique moment, given the vagaries of the pandemic where so many millions of people, something like 40% of employees are considering a shift in their career over the next year. And my challenge to them is before you go and do that, Mm. check yourself before you go and do that, assess from where is that desire to seek change and are you, are you pursuing change because you're trying to escape where you're at? Or are you seeking change because of the intentionality with which you want to design your life? And this is where the book becomes a really useful guide in helping people in that period of transition. And what sparked my period of transition was uh, I was running a, a business that had been acquired and my wife and I were battling a bit with our, the status of our own relationship and trying to figure out whether or not we were going to <laughs> implement a step function shift in our relationship. And long story short, we ended up pulling the ripcord on our, on our, on our life and, and moving abroad with our kids for a year to figure, you know, to, to get a job there and figure it out and just change our trajectory. And I could have used the book. You could have used the book. (laughs) So uh, I I definitely want to talk about this, this move abroad. Uh, That was something that it was a note, uh, but I wanted to bring up because this is, it's, it's interesting how uh, you bring this up because my, I do a midweek motivation with the podcast. It's usually about 10 minutes of things I'm processing, thinking about. And and this week's was on being made for more, having that dissatisfaction Mm -hmm. where you are. And, um, and basically my processing was it's either, justified and you need to get off your butt and do something in a, in a nutshell, or it's, it's unjustified and you need to be happy where you are and find joy where you are. And then, or it's a little bit of both where you need to be content where you are and making the most of where you are while you're planning for what's ahead. And so um, anyway, it's kind of, kind of an interesting, and it struck a nerve with a lot of listeners. I've had a lot of messages of people that were um, just like, they needed to hear that and they needed to start processing those things. And so um, on the tail of that, you know, this is kind of where your book is. Uh, so, um, man, I, I think, I think it'll, you know, it'll speak to a lot of people. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it. So. Good, good, t- good timing. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd be thrilled. And I, I would look at the book as a, as a reference or as a, as a, 
as a guide, it's not something that you read and solve. You don't yeah. read it and say, yes, okay, yeah. I got this figured out, problem right. solved. No, it's like, listen, life throws a lot of curveballs at us all the time. The trail throws a lot of curveballs at us all the time, right? What do we go back to? What do we anchor back to yeah. as the standard or the principles with which we are going to overcome the challenges before us. And that's what One Life to Lead aims to achieve. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff, man. So tell me a little bit about, um, uh, because, because this book is birthed out of, of, you know, your experiences. So, so you pulled the ripcord, you, you moved your family to Costa Rica. Um, man, I'm just, I, cause I know there are like some entrepreneurs who've, who've moved to different, um, you know, different, countries and stuff to, to do things. And so just, I don't know, tell me about that process and what did you go there to do? Yeah. In October of 2017, my wife and I, like I said, we're kind of trying to figure out like, Hey, what, what are we committed to as partners? Yeah. Um, or not. Yeah. Uh, and we were working with this, this coach and he saw us just get really lit up when we talked about this fantasy that we had had for like 15 years. Wouldn't it be great if, wouldn't it be great if we had an abroad experience with our kids? Wouldn't it be great if, and she would say, yes, that would be amazing. I would say, yes, that would be amazing. And then all of the reasons why we couldn't do that because yeah. life is life. Yeah. And so we kind of dismissed it until this coach we were working with was like, wait, 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 like, I see that energy in you both when you talk about this, like play this out. Like, why not? Why not try it? And we went home that night and on the cover of National Geographic in October of 2017, happiest places on earth, Costa Rica is on the cover. And we looked at that and said, let's look there and let's just try to learn. Let's learn. And so we called some people who knew some people who knew some people and all of a sudden we felt this warm embrace to come and, and figure it out. Like, do we want to make it happen? And by the way, I just want to be clear. We were not going there as some kind of like sabbatical. Like I had some big exit in my business. We were going there. Like we needed to figure out what to do. Like I, I needed to work and we needed to put our kids in school. Like it was life redesigned. Yeah. And what was so cool is that, uh, we're like, wow, this is possible. We can take a leap into the unknown and know we will figure it out. Another great ultra metaphor, right? Yeah, you can yeah. take a look into the unknown and know, as you always have, David, you will figure it out. And, and it worked. We kind of figured it out. The world opened up. So many interesting opportunities arose. I ended up acquiring a business, the one that I own today called Stride Services, which is a back office bookkeeping and accounting firm. Nice. And like, and, and like things just started happening. And I, and I thought, you know, the world is big. We spend a lot of time in our little snow globe. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's what a cool adventure. And then to bring your whole family there to experience that, you know, and you said you were there for a year. We were there for a year. And we would probably still be there, but for my kids after a year, I think they were ready to come home and, and get into high school here and get going. And that's okay. That was our promise that we, our commitment for a year and there will be more adventures. 
Yeah. 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 Who's to say you can't, you know, go back and hang out a while, you know, (laughs) exactly. No, that's especially, especially with the world we live in today, right? Geographic independence is a real thing. And you were seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, uh, there's a few podcasts I listened to and, uh, I, I can't remember the guy's name, but I think he's, I think he might've been in Puerto Rico at one time, but I think he was in Costa Rica for a while and just, just, living and doing business afar, you know? Yeah. Hey, how, how are the trails in Costa Rica, man? Oh, um, I, I ran a, I did run a race there in a place called Serapiqui, which is about three hours from San Jose. And that's trail running on a different level. Crazy humid, crazy yeah. humid, <laughs> probably like the, there's a race in Georgia that I heard is very humid called the cruel jewel. Have you yeah. heard of the cruel jewel? Yep, yep. Okay. I have not run that, but I hear that's it's super humid and very, very wet, uh, yeah. very wet undergrowth. That was like the hardest, I don't know. I think it was a 20 K or something that I had ever run. And then, uh, I ran in the mountains outside of San Jose, uh, which was quite an adventure, uh, I ran faster when like stray dogs would like be chasing after me. <laughs> yeah. But, but all part of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's awesome, man. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause I mean, that's one of the things I love doing is going to, going to new and interesting places and, and run. So, uh, totally. No, man. Well, so I, um, very interesting the, the book and I, of course I'll put the, I'll put the links, uh, you know, cool. on, on, uh, on the show notes and everything. And, uh, I look forward to checking it out and, uh, and give you, give you, you know, tell you, tell you what it, what it means to me. Cause I, I, I think we all, and everybody listening knows that, um, one of the reasons, uh, I, I do this podcast is I, to encourage people and, uh, you know, encourage people in running and, and we all get the tidbits. I'm going to ask you some questions in a little while about your gear and stuff like that. I always love to ask what people are using and, uh, you know, to get those tidbits, but, you know, if, if we just become better runners that I didn't meet my goal, I, I think we, we all should be striving to be better, better humans, better people. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and this is just evaluating our lives and asking those questions. And then, you know, if, if your book is another tool that I can share with everyone, you know, Hey man, that's, that's great. It's awesome. And so I, I thank you for, for, for writing it and sharing what you experienced, you know, cause we can keep that junk. I mean, junk, we can keep that good stuff, you know, the stuff we learned and hoard it, or we can share it with other people. And so I know that's, that was work that to, to write this thing, man, I've written papers, but uh, long papers, dissertation type stuff, but never a book. And so, um, you know, Hey, it's awesome. I, I hope, I hope it, uh, hope people get the message. I, I, pr- I appreciate how you captured the the intention of the of the work, which was really to um, share this out to spark these kinds of conversations. So thank you. Awesome, man. That's great. Um, and so you know, in in uh, well, I'm going to ask you. I always like to ask what's next in ultra running, but first, what's next after at, at, with in business, man? What's next? Your next step in life in in with the book and writing. You got anything going on there? I know you do. You do. You do speaking also, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So, um, like I said, I I'm an owner of a company called Stride Services. Today, we we do a lot of the back office bookkeeping and accounting work for for other high growth service companies and. Stride is, is also a really interesting vehicle to do, to do more coaching. So uh, the book is a vehicle to do more leadership coaching, one-on-one leadership coaching with business leaders, which I, I do through Stride and, and also a little bit outside of Stride. Um, yes, and also speaking. So my task to answer your question, my next push is 
to grow that coaching business a bit and, and do more keynote speaking around some of the key topics in the book. So that's where I'm going to stretch a little bit outside of my comfort zone. Awesome, man. Awesome. That's, that's great. That's great. So are you, uh, well, what's next in, in running? Because, you know, these, those things can fit together. You could go somewhere and speak and do a conference yeah. or whatever and hit some. Uh, so, so a couple of, couple, couple of things come to mind for me. Uh, one is I, I do have on my bucket list. It's probably a 2023, uh, event, but I, I really would like to do the marathon de Sabla. Ooh, nice. Uh, which, which would be so awesome. Like I love geeking out on the gear and just the precision and how all of that comes together for those, those, uh, athletes. So that's, that's on my mind. And then, uh, last year, a, a few buddies of mine and I attempted a, a circumnavigation of Mount Rainier on the Wonderland trail. Yeah. And it was my second time doing Wonderland self-supported. The first time uh, I did finish it. That's 93 miles. It's between 33 hours. I think FKT is like 18 hours. So, you know, it's, a, <laughs> yeah. it's a haul. Um, yeah. And then the last year I did not finish. So at about 67 miles, we decided to bail out and, and I was fine with it. And it was actually a great adventure. The whole bailing out adventure can be fun, yeah. but I think I would like to conquer it again. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to conquer it. Yeah. Un un unfinished business. Unfinished biz. I got a little yeah. unfinished biz. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, and, and so when you're, uh, and we'll use Cascade, Cascade's Crest, since it's, it's fresh sure. on your mind, what, uh, yeah. what, what trail shoes did you wear, man? Yeah, so I wore the Ultra Lone Peak for four point fives, I guess. Yeah, is that your see the banner? Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm on oh, the oh yeah, I'm on the Ultra Sweet. Red Team. Yeah, except oh, it's awesome. Yeah, man, great stuff. Um, yeah, <laughs> I love I I love I I love Ultras, uh, and I was I was unsure whether or not they would have the the cushioning and support that you see, say with with a, a, the Hoka shoes, but. Uh, Hoka's for me were just, they were just, for me, they were just too narrow. And so right. they would, they would rub me wrong, even though they felt like pillows underfoot, but the, the ultras just served me so well. I'm so yeah. happy with that. Yeah. I, and, and I, the low, I, I was lone peak all the way. Uh, and now I've graduated. I'm, 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 I guess older, I need more cushion Olympus for the long distance. I'm, I'm Olympus, man. I love Woo! the latest Olympus. They're, they're great. So yeah. Um, good. Oh, that's good to know. You, you, you like them. I've not run in them, but I, they, I, I do see them. They're intriguing. Yeah. You get the best of both worlds there, that extra cushion and, uh, and, and the wide toe, you know, the foot shaped yeah. toe box. So it's great. Um, and I did see in one of your pictures, I don't know if you're still using it or so the, what, what pack did you use? Are you still using ultimate direction? Yeah, I still use okay. the ultimate direction. I, I forget exactly um, what the name of it is. I, I have two. One for self-supported distances. It's a that's a larger pack, and um, and then yeah, the one that I was using is that that royal blue and okay. off white. I just forget the name of it. Gotcha. Yeah, that's been great. You? What about I have, you? I, I, I was doing a uh, ultimate direction. I, I used it for when I did the Tahoe 200 and a bunch of other races, but I, I started using a uh, ultra spire. Um, oh, yeah. and they make, uh, man, some of their, pa I, I, I just kind of fell in love with their packs and, uh, end up now I'm on their ambassador team and they, uh, they do, they make waist lights and, um, 
Yeah, I just I love their packs and I love that they they're always doing innovation and they listen to us about things. In fact, I sent an email this week about uh, uh, something cool I thought would really work on a pack and and they were asking questions and you know might incorporate it into a future pack. You know, so anyway, that's that's those are the packs what, I what use. Is a, what is what is one feature on a pack that you would love to see or experience that you haven't yet? Well, okay. I'll, I'll share uh, what I okay. sent off this week. So one of the things in um, when, when the long, longer distances, either a good mountain, a mountain hundred with long distance between uh, eight stations or the two hundreds that, that we've been running um, the bladder, you have, you have to pack so much in your pack that you can't fill the bladder while it's still in there. And then mm-hmm. when you, you pull the bladder out of the sleeve and ultraspire on the zygos has a great insulated sleeve, but to put it back in once it's full, you've got to half unpack a lot of your pack. And that's with a lot of the packs. I'd like to see a, a, a hinged, um, like where you could open up that pocket to slide it in or to fill mm. it up. So, Cause uh, if you've got 15 to 20 miles between aid stations, you've got to have a full bladder, you know? So, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a great point. When I was on the, when I was doing the wonderland last year that I, I shared with you, we didn't finish at about mile 40, I'm standing in the stream kind of river running fast dish. Uh, and I pull out my water bladder and I take off the, I unscrew the top of the bladder and that top unit dislodges from the bladder as I watch it go down the river. Oh no. And I, and I can't, and I can't, I can't get it. I can't get it. So I ended up having a couple of water bottles that I could carry with me on the run, but the bladder was really important that just that whole, the whole bladder, like taking it out, like it's, Mm -hmm. it's just fraught with peril, right? Yes. Yes. So I I appreciate your recommendation. (laughs) What, What about you? What's, what's one thing you, you would see change? Do you got anything in particular? Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, on these, on these self-supported runs where my pack's pretty heavy, like in like the high teens range of pounds. Yeah. Um, I still suffer from quite a bit of rubbing and chafing, uh, down by my, down by my hips. And I don't know if that's, something that can be alleviated through pack technology, but boy, it really is uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And some rubs, man, especially when a heavy pack, you can't put enough anti-chafe stuff to help, you know, it's just not going to work. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, um, I also like to ask, uh, which GPS watch are you using? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm wearing it right now. Um, so this is the Garmin Phoenix. I think this is the Phoenix five. Okay. Gotcha. The Phoenix five. Good yeah. Good deal. Uh, what about you? I, I'm a uh, switch to Coros recently. I have the Coros vertex. Uh, okay. What battery life, battery life's phenomenal on it, man. It's, it's been, it's been good. It's and the heart rate is accurate where, um, the one I was wearing before the heart rate wasn't real accurate. This one's it's really accurate and it's got a really long battery life, uh, on full GPS. So, Oh, that's uh, really good to know. Um, yeah. I do not find this, uh, heart, the heart monitor on the, the Garmin to, to be accurate, but again, right. Could, could yeah. be me. Maybe it's not tight enough. And then the other thing is that uh, the battery life on here certainly doesn't, for the Phoenix 5, certainly doesn't accommodate a 100 miler. That said, I don't even want to track on 100 miles. Yeah. And I don't. Like, I, I don't? intentionally, 
I do. I, I, I wear like a, a Timex, just a uh, stopwatch. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I just don't, I don't want to get into the metrics. Like I just okay. want to feel, I just want to feel my body okay. on that, on that journey. And again, that's just a mental thing, yeah. but that's kind of worked for me. Okay. Well, the, 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 I get, I think I could do that, but there's part of me that's like, how long to that next aid station? <laughs> you know, it's like, I gotta, you know, I get that. I definitely <laughs> hear you. I definitely yeah. hear you. Yeah. Um, well, and, and the last question I want to ask you about, sure. about when you're racing, cause I know we're running out of time here. Um, what do you, uh, because I think a lot of us, I struggle with, with, uh, nutrition sometime and, and electrolytes. What are you using right now for electrolytes and, and nutrition that's working for you? Yeah. Cool. Good, good, good question. Uh, nutrition is my bugaboo, by the way, like, um, you know, I'm six hours in and I start feeling a bit of an upset stomach. And before you know it, like I'm drinking pickle juice and broth because like I, and and that's a problem for me. I mean, obviously it materially slows me down physically. I was like, no, I was, I was fit to run, but my stomach is a real, that is the problem for me to overcome. But to answer your direct question, I, I used these little, uh, uh, electrolyte packets called SOS hydrate. Okay. Uh, they're, they're just like these little tear packets and the company was started by a friend of mine named James Mayo, M-A-Y-O. And you just rip off this little packet and you could put it into liquid. But what I do is I just, I just put the crystals right into my mouth and yeah. then I just take a swig of water and let her rip. So SOS hydrate, I really like, okay. Um, I'll check I that do, out. I do like the, uh, the honey stinger waffles. Yeah. Uh, those those, are great. Those, yeah. Those, those served me, those served me pretty well. Uh, and then, uh, I think on this last one, I just went with regular, a bunch of different kinds of goo products. Yeah. Okay. But like I said, I was so dialed. I was so like, okay, I've got all the nutrition I need. And then the wheels fall off. And I'm like, like I said, you know, broth, pickle juice, watermelon, Coca-Cola. Yeah. Yeah. It's just whatever, whatever stays down, <laughs> yeah, right. whatever, whatever, whatever stays down. I have these grand visions of being like this high precision machine. Yeah. And, and then, and then the machine, the machine starts to break down. You realize there's, there's water in the gas and you start sputtering. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh yeah. man. Well, man, uh, Russell, Hey, thanks so much for, for joining on the podcast. And, uh, I do, I do wish you well with the book and, and, and your future adventures and, uh, Hey man, if there's ever anything we can do to, you know, to, I, I, I'd like to keep up with you and, you know, keep up with what's going on and, uh, plan on reading the book. So, uh, we'll keep in touch, David, thank you so much. And I just really appreciate you putting on this podcast for the entire community. It's so rich and fun and interesting and high energy. And I know you do it because you, you care deeply about sharing this message and getting other people engaged and involved and it's notable. So thank you. Well, appreciate it, man. Talk to you soon, brother. All right. 